0: Welcome back everyone to another episode of The Occasionalists. Matt Pagel here with a first-time guest and actually I think that um, this individual is helping me break the glass ceiling here at The Occasionalist uh, with longtime friend Kayla Wernemont. Kayla, how are you? I'm great. Uh, I believe that you are the first woman on the show.
1: I mean, I guess I should feel honored. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, well I don't know how, I don't know if you should feel that honored it's a it's a show of me and my honored buddy do talk about it. fucking movies and shit so but <laughs> yeah, uh yeah no I, you're so yeah i I was I, I was like really thinking about this you're the first woman that we've had on this show um, which is kind of cool um and I'm just like really glad to like even though you and I personally talk about some of the stuff that we're gonna talk about here in a minute I am like very I am very interested in sort of like the the nuances and some of the intricacies of what we're going to talk about, and that is... I I don't know, is there a better term for it than adventure activities?
1: I mean, I don't know. I guess my friends kind of just all all call each other badasses, so just general badassery, maybe? General
0: badassery? Badass activities? Yeah. Operation badass?
1: (laughs) Adventure buddies, you know, things of that nature.
0: Yeah, yeah, I gotcha, I gotcha. So we're going to dive into that kind of stuff, and let's give... I'll give, uh, throw everyone out there some of your bona fides. You are, how long have you been rock climbing now?
1: Oh, that's a great question. I think maybe like two years, officially, officially.
0: Okay, so two years into rock climbing. um, You've been water skiing like your whole life pretty much, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Like tiny baby child
0: on the water. Right. On the water since a kid. And then like what other what other things I think we're going to focus mostly on those. But what other kind of adventure activities and sports uh, have you been into? Yeah,
1: I mean, I've like kind of dabbled in a little bit of everything just as far as like, you know, biking and um, a lot of backpacking. I have my wilderness first responder, So kind of just like being out in nature, I guess you could categorize that as an adventure sport. Yeah. Um, And, you know, volleyball is maybe like the lesser of all those things, but pretty into volleyball as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there you go. Like Kayla's very, very active, um, and I'm, I'm sure if we, I'm just gonna sort of like put a like a mental note here to get back to like that wilderness, uh, first responder thing because that's really fucking cool. Um, but I have a feeling that will probably come up anyway. Um, so before we get to the the, the bulk of the uh, of the interview here, just a quick lightning round question, um, just to sort of invert this uh, this whole interview. What sort of quiet, low-impact hobby that you've never done before are you interested in?
1: Honestly, that's a great question. And I had to think about this kind of hard. I'm really passionate about sewing like an old lady. Mm-hmm. And I would love, love, love to learn how to knit or crochet. And I am, it's been on my bucket list forever and I haven't done it.
0: I am very surprised that you don't. I just assumed that you did.
1: Yeah. No, I haven't. I like really need somebody to teach me. I'm trying to watch YouTube videos and I just can't sit still for it. Mm. so
0: yeah because you like again kayla like make like makes clothing and stuff and not just like sews like a fucking patch on like jeans like actually like makes clothing
1: yeah clothing costumes
0: what didn't you make like they don't really go together (laughs) (laughs) true but um didn't you what did you make for apollo Uh, she's got a little dog
1: For Halloween last year, he was a climber as well. So he had like a little rope and he had like a black diamond helmet that we made. And I made him little quick draws, which is basically like gear. Um, Mm -hmm. And I made him like a little stick clip thing um, for the people in the climbing community. Like just a cute little thing that um, actually puts your draws on the wall if you don't want to climb up and do it. Mm. And I made it out of clay, so we had like a, just a little tiny baby climber
0: outfit. <laughs> there you go. That's that's fucking hysterical, by the way. That's really great. Um, so yeah, so Kayla, I, again, I'm just I'm I just assumed that you had already done like crocheting or at least tried it out, but um, I guess that's something uh something for you to something for you to do uh, when you're not climbing, I suppose. Uh, but we'll get we'll get into that. So <clears throat> so the interview format here, we're we're following the same thing that we we've done all month long. Uh, just six general questions to sort of guide the conversation, but I'll jump in with follow-ups and all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's, it ends up being much longer than six questions, and then we'll finish out with the top five that uh, we modified for Kayla a little bit since she's like terrible with like celebrity people, uh, but uh, <laughs> no big deal. So let's let's start with the first question, and it, it, this isn't very spe- you know this isn't specific to either rock climbing or skiing, but since you are like I know you're like a big fitness fanatic and obviously you're very active. What makes these very physically taxing, um, even you know borderline dangerous activities so appealing to you?
1: Uh, I just honestly, I just think like being able to kind of like push yourself, but also be proud of yourself. like, and truthfully, I don't think that I would climb or do some of the things that I do without the community that that brings you. I think I, like if oh, you're attracted, if you're attracted to, sports in which you're you're pushing yourself or at least pushing your limits wherever your limits might be. I think you end up being surrounded by a bunch of other people that are, like, encouraging and also, like, pretty good as far as critical thinking. Um, and you just bond. I mean, when you're afraid and you're in a group and someone's encouraging you and, like, looking out for you, um, it just builds, like, such a deeper friendship. So I think, honestly, the community part is a huge piece
0: of it. Interesting. So did you... Um so did you get into climbing initially just because not essentially just because like a friend said you should try this out but like was that like the main appeal originally when you started climbing
1: I mean kind of yeah Yeah. actually my uh my best friend here we met playing volleyball and another friend introduced us and was like hey you guys both ski like you both play volleyball she just moved here y'all should be friends and I was like I have a boat you want to come she's like yeah I'm in and then when she was on the boat she's like well do you want to try? Do you want to come climb? And I, was, I said I don't have any gear, and she was like, Oh yeah, no problem. And I show up to the crag. She goes, Okay, tie your knot. And I just looked at her and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And she just started laughing and she was like, So you just said yes? Yeah, actually yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Kayla will one hundred percent give into to peer pressure, like a, a, oh, a yes. really light amount. <laughs>
1: yeah, and honestly, even some of my highest climbs and like the stuff where I really, really push myself is always because of her. She'll look at me and be like, I know you can do this. Or like, you can do this. And there's just like something in me that's like, man, I gotta make her proud.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll go back to that time she bullied you into climbing. I love it. Um, that, no, that's great though. Like uh, there is sort of, and uh, this is an interesting theme that has that has popped up in all the episodes that I've done for this so far is how how important the community is in whatever activity that we're talking about. So, and I'm, I'm assuming, I mean, like I've seen some of your pictures and stuff online. I'm assuming that, um, in at least, you know, you're, you're in, you're in the Austin area. So you're like in a pretty, very large metro area. I'm assuming there's a really robust community of climbers around you, right?
1: Oh yeah. We have a huge climbing community actually, which is surprising because we have like no mountains,
0: but,
1: um, yeah. I mean, it's a really tight knit community and everybody seems to just be super kind and super like appreciative each, of each other, which is cool. Um, I mean, I grew up, well, you know this because you've known me forever, but mm-hmm. I grew up with parents that water skied and that, that's how they met each other. That's how they met all their friends. All their friends were aunts and uncles basically to me. And, uh, they just bonded through their sport. And so I think to me it, it was just super natural for me to be like, oh, we're all doing this. Let me get to know you. Like now we're like tight. You're my family. Gotcha. So it's been nice. I don't think that I would have tried as hard as I did with climbing Mm -hmm. if I didn't have the the people around me.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So how, how exactly do you measure your progress? I mean, I suppose you can take this question kind of however you want. Like if if you have some like actual measurements or whatever, or if it's just sort of, Um, something a little bit less uh, quantitative. How how do you measure your progress when you're climbing or even if it is skiing or something like that?
1: Yeah. So I guess there's a couple different things. Like for climbing, routes are graded. So Mm. they're graded and then they're within the difficulty. They have kind of like different ranges and different types of climbs. And so for some folks, they rate themselves on that. Like if they do what they call sending a climb, like they sent a climb, it means they climb the entire climb without resting or uh falling mm-hmm. um and so people say oh well my highest grade is okay a 510 right or a 511a or 512 um and so there's a lot of folks that gauge it on that to be quite honest with you even though I've climbed for a while I'm not wonderful I'm <laughs> for all accounts and purposes I'm kind of like <laughs> in the upper middle class of climbing mm-hmm. like, uh, the people I surround myself with are, are just absolute animals and beasts, but I think I climb for different reasons. And of all the sports I've done, climbing has been much harder for me and mm. much physically not not necessarily physically harder, but I think mentally harder for me. And my body, the movement, has just been something that's like new to me. and so I've had slower progress. Um, so I'm in like the middle range and for me, a lot of times, the way that I gauge my progress is like, was I calm? Was I being smart? Was I pushing myself? Uh, did I get panicked? Like this weekend I got the highest grade of climb I've ever lead climbed. And I took a massive whipper, which is basically just a fall, but I took like a 20 foot fall. I was totally fine. And I was upset with myself for falling, but honestly I took away from that that like, I was happy with myself that I didn't panic. I didn't cry. I like giggled. I fucking screamed like a banshee, but I giggled and I got back on the rock. So I think for different people, progress is is wildly different. Now, if I'm skiing, I'm going to get super pissed off at myself if I'm not making a a full course. Um, Or if I'm falling on some, like a turn that I Mm -hmm. should be able to hold on to. But Mm -hmm. I think for that, it's just like that comes more naturally to me. and, And that's, I mean, I've done that since I was a child. So, like, if I'm not at that level, you know, I probably should have quit a long time ago.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. So I, oh, so then you hit on a couple things here that I want to I dig a little bit deeper into. How often do you fall?
1: Mm-hmm. So there's kind of two different, there's kind of two different, like, categories of fall. Mm-hmm. So in sport climbing, which is mostly what I do. Uh, if you are just top roping, like the rope's are already up. I mean, I'll fall all the time, all day, you know, mm-hmm. like I'll fall on purpose. Um, and I also will fall because I'll purposely go up routes that are harder for me. And then I have to work on mm-hmm. that someone else has put up. And the expectation is that I fall. If I'm not falling on top route, I'm not pushing myself. Um, if I'm leading, so actually putting up myself, I tend to fall less that's more on me just like a head game thing because if you fall you kind of fall to the last bolt and below that you would clip from so they can be gnarlier and nastier and you have to kind of calculate like if i fall am i gonna hit that ledge am Mm -hmm. i gonna swing am i gonna hurt myself so honestly every single weekend climbing i fall i every time i go to the bouldering gym i fall it's just whether or not that falls a big one, and if it's a scary one.
0: What What is the scariest fall you've taken?
1: The one this weekend. Oh, well, this
0: weekend. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's Ooh. yeah. It People sounds clap. like, it sounds um yeah. Like I was just like in my head, I'm like I know, I can like like mark mark out twenty feet in my head. I'm just like thinking like that kind of like sudden vertical drop would like I'd shit my pants. It'd be done. <laughs>
1: yeah, I didn't even know I. I had my foot on a ledge. I was trying to get the rope in the chains. So there was like a lot of slack out and I couldn't get it in the chains because it was kind of cold and my fingers were cold. And somehow my hand just slipped and my heel hook didn't hold. And I fell from the top of the route all the way to like the second bolt. And it was just a free fall, but I, it was just insane. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, oh gosh, I had another follow up that I forgot. So maybe they'll come back to me whatever um so obviously besides falling um, in both in whether it's skiing or rock climbing um, what are some other sort of risks or dangers that you have in the back of your mind that you maybe not that you're thinking about all the time but some things that you're sort of like just kind of taking note of as you're as you're about to climb or ski or whatever
1: um so yeah so i guess they're kind of different um skiing i'm definitely much more comfortable um mm-hmm. and i honestly i'm i don't really fear much skiing the only thing that I fear is potentially like another dumbass boat driver um Mm. that you know doesn't know what they're doing um or there's kind of a threshold at which like I have a bad back I've had surgery so there's a threshold at which I know I should be done and it's more of a healthy fear Mm -hmm. climbing like just anticipating, hey, am I going to hit that ledge? Uh, if I put my hand in this sharp pocket, am I going to cut it? Um, which is pretty normal. If I mm. put my hand in this pocket, is there going to be a snake?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's one.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, like, you know, stuff like that, I guess. Um, if you're climbing, like, a bigger wall, sometimes, um, like, rock fall is a big deal, um, especially depending on where you're climbing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to El Patero Chico um, for Christmas and did some multi-pitch and there is just an absolute ton of loose rock. And I mean, a loose rock comes down you pull it off the wall and it cuts your rope. I mean, you're gone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: there are like some techniques that you can do as far as like tapping on rock and like, you know, kind of listening if it's hollow, like helmets, always helmets for the belayer, helmets for the climber, no matter where you're at just because it could be a tiny rock and that could be bad news. Mm -hmm. And I'd much rather like have my brain intact, even if I am, you know, not able to
0: move. I've heard it's important um, to have that brain intact. Uh, It's uh, yeah, that, that is, gosh, I guess I never, obviously I've never climbed before. So other than, other than like the, the rock wall BG, but like, you know, hopefully no rocks are falling off the fucking ceiling of the, of the gym. Um, I mean, it is Green. Yeah, it's true. You never know. You never know with those kids. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess I guess it's just one of those things. I never really. I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, of course you could stick your hand into a fucking snake hole. Like they, that's where they live. So
1: yeah, I've had a snake come. I've had a snake come out of a hold on the wall, and it was just a tiny little guy. But he came out of a hold on the wall, and I all it scared me. And then all of a sudden, I looked at him, and he had a frog like stuck in his mouth. I was like, all right. Well, I you're neutralized, but...
0: <laughs> right, right. Still, yeah, it's... um, Yeah, they'd be very startling.
1: Or it's, fucking owls, too. So oh, like really? Yeah, there was some guy in Austin that had to get, like, a large amount of stitches because they were climbing up and there was an owl nest and it attacked him.
0: <laughs> is, <laughs> is, is that the weirdest thing you've heard of or experienced while climbing? <laughs>
1: I mean, I don't know. There's some weird shit that happens sometimes. But what is really funny is that's, like, notorious on that route. And so people will put their phones in their little, like, stick clip thing, you know, which is, like, kind of a piece of gear that you can use. Mm -hmm. And they'll put – they'll, like, hoist it up because the stick clip goes, like, 20 feet. And they'll hoist it up and, like, check in the little hole to see if there's the owl in there. And then if it's in there, they can't climb. (laughs) Okay.
0: Does Does the owl have a name?
1: Not that I know of, but I mean that crusty bitch probably should have one.
0: I think I think if you are if you're an animal and you're altering um you know some kind of human activity like that that you deserve a name at that point.
1: Yeah, but also like we're being the assholes We're waking it oh, up. For, oh, it's for like,
0: sure. Fair, I'm I'm not fair. I'm not placing blame. I'm just saying that like that's how like animals get in, like in in like like folk stories and stuff. That's how animals get names because like they yeah. just they're just like waiting to fuck with people.
1: Yeah, he probably should. There's a couple of buzzards that hang out on a different route and then a porcupine, porcupine that sits in this little cave, um, <laughs> like, at the start of another one. So you got to be careful.
0: Oh, I love that. That's so fucking great. So then, like, from there, like, do you get nervous anymore when you're climbing? Oh, so I'm every I'm, every I'm assuming... Time. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm talking right over here. Go ahead.
1: Oh, you're good. You I, Like, every single time. Every yeah. single time. I... Definitely have gotten better, and it's, like, something that I'm working on, like, with my head game and just, like, working on focusing on, like, my feet or something, because when I focus on my feet, then my brain doesn't overreact, but for sure, I, like, only recently have gotten brave enough to lead, like, on grades that are pushing for me. Like, I'm, like, a, a like 5'10C, 5'10D climber, mm-hmm. and... I've gotten some 5'11s, like, top roping them, and I, until recently, have really only been leading, like, 5'9s and 5'10As and 5'10Bs because I get so nervous. I once fell off, no joke, three fucking feet. Three feet. I fell three (laughs) feet, and I yelled into the air, I'm alive, as if people were worried. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't hit anything, I had a helmet on, everything was safe. It was like the babiest of all Baby Falls. It was so fucking stupid, I
0: almost had to leave. <laughs> that you just, you just had to quit for the day, basically, almost?
1: Yeah, yeah. Everybody still talks about it. My one buddy was like, I'm pretty sure you should get a tattoo that just says I'm alive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'd be pretty great. Um, so then... Do you think then that like, um, do you think then that you use you've you've gotten to a point where you can utilize that nervousness, at least a little bit?
1: Yeah, I think I'm starting to. Honestly, hmm. like this weekend, I think was a like a bigger turning point for me going to EPC and like doing some multi pitch stuff, which is a lot of rope management, um, which can be intimidating. Um, I think those two things were like kind of milestones for me, and I definitely have gotten better. I've got I've realized how to how to work with it a little bit. I'm not saying I'm great. I still get scared. But when you talk about that progress piece, some of the progress for me is being able to like mentally calm down. And some of the progress for me is okay. I had a weird mental day and I got nervous on this 510, but I did it, you know, Mm -hmm. or I got weird and I didn't want to climb this route because I got scared, but I climbed this other one and like didn't go home, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think the way you gauge progress has also helped me in like sorting things out mentally of like not leaving all this pressure. Like you have to get this, you have to push yourself. Like some days it's just okay to be there, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I, I gotcha. I gotcha. That's, it's really, I, I have something that like, um, again, just like another, like emerging pattern from these, from these interviews that I've done so far is that there is sort of like this, how do you how do you be it nervousness, fear, however you want to describe it. It is interesting to see that everyone kind of has gotten to a point where they've like figured out how to either overcome it, use it, whatever it is. Um, and I'm assuming then that like, I'm assuming then that maybe maybe with something like climbing that you kind of always want just like a bit of nervousness to sort of keep you mentally. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, as like a reminder that, hey, by the way, if you kind of like, if you drift away from this too much, you could hurt yourself badly.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. They Some of the more tenured climbers um, that have had really bad falls and bad accidents, um, they kind of talk about this weird thing, like when you start to lead, uh, you come out of the gate and you're super confident and you kind of push yourself and you do some things that are maybe a little sketchy. Um, not like you're going to die, but you know, Mm -hmm. you could hurt yourself and then you'll take one fall that like scares you or humbles you, or you get a little bit hurt and you get this nervousness and it's like, you got to bust out of that nervousness and just come to a place where it's healthy. But the folks that are in that initial like hubris of like, man, I'm I'm just starting to lead and I'm doing great. and I'm going to push myself are almost more frightening than the folks that are really tenured and know what they're doing because those people just push themselves so hard that they don't know what they don't know yet as Mm -hmm. far as danger.
0: Right. Right. It's fairly interesting. What's the, what's the worst you've gotten hurt? Like, I don't, I don't recall you like at at least like, you know, texting or or whatever, anything about like you getting badly hurt uh, on on a climb. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Not like, not anything crazy. I sprained my ankle. Um, my boyfriend was catching me and he kind of caught me too hard. And I, when I fell and I sprained my ankle and mm. honestly more, I was just pissed. And then I hurt my knee, like kind of swung sideways and like hit the wall and locked it out. And I hurt my knee and it just like, I had to get uh, some fluid drain, but mm. nothing, nothing too crazy. Um, thankfully.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So is there an experience, be it good or bad that like really has had a noticeable impact in your life um like you know in, in obviously it could be whether it's climbing whether it's, it's skiing whatever something that like you know like that you be there, be it a lesson or some kind of memory that you've taken away in your regular life away from like these activities is there something like you can really think about that really stands out
1: honestly I don't know if it's like a super specific memory but I think just like my upbringing and having that community that was built around a sport that everybody loved and everybody appreciated. I saw how much like love was there, how much folks bonded around that. And then also just how much people respected each other because they saw each other pushing themselves. And I grew up in this like beautiful family that wasn't even my family. And so as an adult, I mean getting into the climbing community, getting into the volleyball community, I end up bonding with people really quickly and just immediately assume they're my friend and immediately assume it's (laughs) cool to ask them vulnerable questions and be really vulnerable. And I think it was because it was demonstrated to me that like, this is what you do. This Mm. is how, you know, these are how you find your people. And these people are, are safe and lovely and smart and like align with your values. And so I don't know if it's one experience, but like an amalgamation of experiences that just made me like the community aspect
0: i gotcha i gotcha that's really cool that's excellent um that's kind of how we became friends um
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. more or, <laughs> or less less <Left> than right <laughs> yeah
0: um <laughs> uh so do you i want to i want to before like we kind of wrap up the main part here i do want to circle back to something your um your wilderness first responder training um what would you, would you say that, like, if you weren't involved in climbing and skiing and everything else, do you think you would have done that anyway?
1: Ah, uh, that's a great question. Probably. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe not as motivated for it, or maybe not on that level. Like, I might have just gotten, like, a first date or something, but I think for me, I had, like, you talk about injuries. We had a buddy that hurt himself pretty bad.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and we had another buddy that was like on a trip, a climbing trip. And the guy almost died. Like his mm-hmm. guide almost died. And I just had this moment, um, where I was like, man, maybe, maybe I should go get it, you know? And mm-hmm. right after that, I went and backpacked alone and my headlamp went out. I was going to get water. I wasn't even far. And I like tripped and all of a sudden heard rushing water, but it sounded like very deep. And I kind of panicked, ended up getting back to my camp, um, in the morning, like looked by the water, um, spigot and looked down and it was like this huge ravine. And I had a very sobering moment of like, Kayla, it doesn't matter how tough you are. If you fall down there, like you have no medical training Mm -hmm. and what are you going to do? Like, not like I would be able to for sure fix it, but not having those skills, not having that knowledge, I just kind of realized, like, hey, you know, this is something you can do. And that, coupled with being in the climbing community, I'm surrounded by a bunch of just badass climbers that are really good. And my strength is, like, information and curiosity. And so I was like, you know what? This is my part of the group. This is my part of the community. I'm going to go educate myself. So if something were to happen to me or a friend, like, I'm there and I have something to help, you know? Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, yeah, you've I like some of the places you guys go to climb uh, are pretty remote, and if it's I always I always think about it this way, like you just have to give yourself a chance to to make it as long as possible in some of the situations. Like not that like you know I, I go I go on some like stupid fucking hikes and shit, but like I'm I'm far enough away sometimes that like if I were to like break an ankle. That like, okay, I need to like, I need to know things so I can give myself a chance to get back out because I'm not going to see anyone for, for a few hours, basically. Um, and so it, that's like the, the diet version of what you've gone through, what you've done and like how you've informed yourself to sort of like give give yourself and give your friends a fighting chance if something terrible were to happen.
1: Well, and, like, a lot of the things, a lot of the stories they use in the woofer, a lot of the case studies, it's, like, people that went on a day hike, and just something, like, crazy happened, and, yeah, like you said, just, it's about stabilization, and, honestly, more than anything, that my biggest takeaway from the woofer class is they teach you, like, their motto for, I took it through Knowles, and their motto is, like, be comfortable, or be comfortable in the uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. and it, they, they, teach you this sort of like mental game of kind of triaging things of like, okay, cool. What's important right now? What really needs our immediate attention and what can wait? And they teach you that in the context of a medical arena, but you know, they talk about problem solving just in general and using the same framework that they give you. And they'll tell you like, you probably won't ever use these, all of these skills, especially the major ones. But you'll use the form of critical thinking and Mm. I think it's really true so I support anybody I push anybody like even if you're just going on day hikes like go get your woofer it's a cool experience every single person in that class is doing something amazing with their lives and just wild wildly different experiences and I think you can learn a lot from it beyond just medical
0: Mm -hmm. where did you where did you go for that
1: so I went to Flagstaff just because I wanted to like butt it up to a backpacking trip, mm-hmm. um, but they do it all over, and you can kind of find through Knowles' website the best places, but um, I did a hybrid woofer, so I did, it's like I think two months of online courses, and then the in-portion learning p- part is I think five days, and they mm-hmm. do it over a weekend. Um, there is like a just straight all in person woofer where I think it's 10 days, but they were trying to do this one to like alleviate some of the stuff for folks that had normal jobs.
0: Right, right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's hard to tell, hard to tell some of your bosses like, yeah, I'm going to be out in the woods for 10 days. Um, com- yeah. completely cut off from you. Can't help you with any problems. So, I've uh, got to, got to get this, got to get this, uh, wilderness outdoor, uh, first responder training. No big deal.
1: Yeah, just doing night rescues on, like, people with fake blood and, like, fake mm-hmm. amputations and stuff. No big deal. <laughs> yeah.
0: What was, oh, so from that, what was your, what was, like, your most favorite part of that training?
1: Uh, I feel like a broken record, but honestly, the people, our instructors were these, like, the one girl was, like, a hotshot firefighter who also was in the Peace Corps, who also was a wilderness EMT um, the other guy was a firefighter, but everybody just had these insane experiences in the outdoors and just so many different reasons for doing what they did. Mm-hmm. And at one moment we kind of had this part, we had gone through like sort of a heavy unit that was talking about CPR, um, and just like certain people's like experiences with CPR because there was a couple people in the group that had lost people, um, while performing CPR. And we had this moment where we all sat around and just kind of talked about like who we were and why we wanted to do it. And there was such compelling and touching reasons for people to make those choices. Um, It was just fascinating. People are fucking fascinating.
0: (laughs) As it turns out, they are. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. So what would be your sales pitch to, um, to someone hesitant to try out something that might be uh, a little dangerous, you know. Certainly outside, their certainly a little bit far outside their comfort zone. But maybe even a little dangerous. I mean, clearly you don't even need a sales pitch. Someone just tells you to go someplace, you can go. <laughs> but um, what would what would you you know if you were if you met a new friend or you know even even like an old friend and you were just kind of trying to convince them to do this? Like, what what would be your sales pitch?
1: I mean, I feel like I'm great at this because I have friends now that play volleyball, and I'm trying to convince them actively <laughs> to climb, but. Uh, honestly, I think just do it. Like, I think you have it in your head that you have to be a certain kind of person to do some of these things. And yeah, it's great about training and like, you know, body awareness and all this stuff. But if you're within a safe environment, like you're going with someone that knows what they're doing, you've kind of assessed your risk. Like, just do it. Like the worst that's going to happen is you go and you say, okay, I'm not, I'm not comfortable with, I'm not going to do it. But like, you're still outside. You're still Mm. enjoying yourself. Um, I think that we don't really grow unless we are in a space where we are uncomfortable or like, we feel like we're pushing ourselves a little bit, whether that's physically or mentally. And so I think if you don't, you're robbing yourself of an experience that might be something that changes your life, you know, like just do it, find yourself a guide, find yourself somebody that knows what they're doing and just fucking go. Just say yes.
0: Ooh, that's, I think that's one of the, uh, one of the sound clips right there. You're robbing yourself of an experience. I, I would I would agree with you. Um do you think do you think there's anything is there anything that you wouldn't try like simply it just doesn't like there is no there is no appeal in it for you? Hmm.
1: Like as far as an extreme sport yeah. or just in general? Yeah. Um uh I don't know. I think like I don't really like the idea of ice climbing because there's so many factors that are sketchy and I don't mm. like being cold and there's like axes next to ropes and I don't like the idea of like doing very deep diving for like scuba diving like anything where I have to Wait to come back up for long periods of time to avoid the bends that freaks me out and feels so claustrophobic like something could just go wrong and I can't come back up because my brain's gonna
0: explode. Yeah, and there's, I don't love that. yeah there's like I love um, like I, I like I, I really wish I'd lived someplace. Uh, not, I shouldn't say I wish I'd live but I wish I would visit more tropical places because I really love the ocean quite a bit. But there's something like just frightening about watching these people dive um, be they free divers, be they people with, you know, going like, I, I don't know the, the idea of like, Hey, if this small piece of equipment fails, uh, you die down here. Like that's, yeah that's a little nerve. That's like too nerve wracking for me. I'll I'm fine. Just fucking snorkeling over some like cool sea and stuff.
1: Well, you get to see more of the cool shit when you're snor- snorkeling anyways. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd go, I'd go on the shallow dives, but like, the ones where I feel like, okay, I probably could get back up, but, like, the ones where you're fucking waiting for, like, an hour at a certain point, because you have to have the nitrogen balance, like, mm-hmm. you know? Even out? Not for me. I don't know if nah. that feels great for me.
0: No, not at all. I... I've... That's that's something that's just... I don't know. When, when, like, the sunlight has trouble getting down there, that's where I'm like, nah, I'm out. That's... yeah, It's fine. Um, I have zero interest in bungee jumping. Uh, that just seems like, again, like, well, if this fails, um bye like it's it, it's sort of done there is no there's nothing else you can do here um skydiving I would love to do that I'm surprised I am surprised i haven't yet but um
1: Sky, skydiving is super fun but it I was not I thought I was gonna be so afraid and because your brain just I don't know if it's because your brain doesn't register it it's just like a surreal experience I was never afraid it was just mm-hmm. like oh there's the ground like I'm watching it on tv <laughs> um,
0: right like it's so exactly. far away yeah
1: yeah, I really want to bungee jump. Actually. Oh, really? And Oof. I'm I'm going to Ecuador in April, and we're trying to talk. Uh, well, Kristen, my friend Kristen from college, we're trying to talk Kristen into bungee jumping, um, and I don't I don't think we're gonna get her to say yes.
0: Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> you could You could not get me to say yes to that. That's just one of those things. I'm like, I I just don't think so. I get it. I, thought, I get why people want to do it, but. Mm.
1: I thought for sure. I thought for sure. I can always talk her into shit, even when it's maybe not the best. And I thought for sure I would be like, "Come on, Kristen, it'll be fine. We'll do it together." And she was like, "Absolutely not. If you make me do that, I'm not going."
0: <laughs> oh, Kristen. Um, all right. Uh, any any other any other before we wrap up with the last section here? Any other anything else that we didn't get to that you want to talk about?
1: I mean, I don't think so. I just think like. I know you had me on because I'm, you know, like a female that does some of these like things. And honestly, it's so silly to me. Um, I was thinking about this when you asked me, you know, sent me some questions and things like, it's so funny to me and wild to me because I grew up in an environment where my dad and mom just treated me like everybody else. And it was like equal exposure to everything of like, cool, you want to ski, go do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cool. You want to try this, go do it. And there was no like differentiation because I was a female. And I only recently realized that other women have not had that experience mm-hmm. when I had a group of friends that were talking about it and they were like, I wasn't allowed to do these things as a child and I wish I would have. And so, um, it's just an interesting reflection because like, I didn't live that for other people. And so I think for other women, like my encouragement is like, just try it and just do it. And like, for people that are parents, fucking tell your kids, like expose them to things like. Allow them to play whatever they want to play. Like, do whatever they want to do. You have a mm-hmm. dude that has, that wants to sew? Fucking let him sew. You have somebody that wants to... Like, a girl that wants to go climb or learn about carburetors? Fucking let them do it. Show them, Help them. S-
0: Slick Rick and C-Murder coming through strong for you.
1: Dude, I mean, Slick Rick is the jam. Like, the <laughs> amount of mechanical stuff that I know is insane. And honestly, I... I hate to say it, but I think that my mechanic skills and my boat driving skills are really what you know bagged me, Reese, my boyfriend. So.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> couldn't couldn't resist a real masculine handy woman.
1: I asked him once. I was like, "Why do you love me?" Because you know, just being a turd. And he said, "You're a great boat driver," and that was his response, which like kind of hurt my feelings, but also I am.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's something, right? It-
1: yeah. Yeah. He was like he followed that up with what they're really rare.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's you know, I I don't know him that well, but that does sound like a Reese response from everything that you that I do know about him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's Uber. great. That's great. Yeah, you know, it's I I I will say like I'll I'll back that up um I'll back that up like a little bit like as as a complete like gym maniac, uh weightlifting maniac, the amount of women that like are Approximately my age or, you know, let's say just between our ages, basically, that, like, it is their first time in the gym or, like, they're basically brand new to the gym. Like, it always surprises me that, like, that it took them that long simply because for a long, for the longest time, women didn't go to the gym. That, like, wasn't a thing. Like, sure, go to your cardio, go run, but, like, don't pick up weights. That'll make you masculine.
1: Yeah. It's so crazy. It's so crazy.
0: Really strange. But anyway, all right, let's get into our last segment here. Uh, we are going to uh, we're going to get to Kayla's top five um, badass adventure partners. But, Kayla, you have to make this all out of celebrities. So we can go from one to five, five to one, or just throw out just five people that you think would be great adventure partners, great celebrities that would be great adventure partners. Um, and if you want to get into any kind of detail about why, that'd be great, too. So, um, I don't know, go ahead, just, you start, who's the first person that you're taking adventuring with you?
1: Uh, okay, so, this is, like, maybe a weird one, but I feel like Cameron Diaz is probably really cool. Like, she surfs and does all kinds of mm-hmm. cool shit. I feel like she'd be fun, and, like, she could hang, you know?
0: I, I 100% agree with you. I think Cameron Diaz seems like she'd be a fun hang, period, but especially, like, doing something cool, like, like surfing, like, climbing, whatever.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think... Blake Lively seems like she would be fun. I don't know if she's, like, very athletic, but she just seems very, like, genuine and humble and kind and funny. Mm -hmm. Um, And then her husband also, Ryan Reynolds, because, like, they're always making fun of each other, and I just feel like they'd hang out with Reese and I, you know?
0: Is this, this is just like, so this is like the celebrity couple that uh, you would most want to hang out with also, just like period?
1: Yeah, I feel like we would be great on a double date.
0: There you go. You know? Perfect. Perfect.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> um, all right. How, who's next?
1: Okay. I also think that uh, Pink. Like, oh, there you go. Singer, I mean, she, I don't know if you like watch any of her shit, but she also is a badass. And like, she did gymnastics and all that stuff. Like, she is like real into aerial skills. I don't know why I know this because I know nothing about pop culture. But. Um, she's rolling into aerial skills and so i feel like she'd be also like really cool like show skiing or like climbing
0: mm-hmm. I, I i know she does that aerial stuff and is she not still married to like um what like Carrie a motocross Hart. guy
1: yeah, yeah 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 yeah
0: Carrie. yeah that's his name um yeah i think she'd be like an excellent option honestly she'd, she'd be game to do something with you for sure
1: yeah and then this next one is maybe also a wild card but uh, Eliza Slesinger, Slesinger, I don't know. Oh, comedian, yeah, the comedian. Mhm. She's just really funny, and she'd probably do stupid shit, and it would be fun.
0: Absolutely. Um, you got to have the, you got to have the uh, the comedian. Well, literally in this case, but you got to have someone funny to go on these group adventures with for sure.
1: Yeah, because if I do, if I hurt myself, my philosophy has always been like. If I hurt myself and other people don't laugh at it, then, like, I feel like we've robbed ourselves of an experience because I'm already in pain. You might as well enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like she'd be, like, a great person to facilitate that giggle when I do eat shit.
0: Oh, for sure. And, yes, it is fun to laugh at you when you hurt yourself. I can can back this up 100%.
1: I do a lot of dumb stuff. You've seen it.
0: I have. (laughs) I have. Uh, Don't remember a lot of it, but I do recall it happening. But (laughs) anyway... All right. Uh, any any final things before I uh, before we wrap this up totally?
1: I mean, I don't think so. This was fun, man.
0: Thanks for doing this. I really, really appreciate it. Um, it, it is obviously we've we've talked climbing and everything else previously, but it was nice to kind of get into some some of the other details that like we you know like in casual conversation I wouldn't necessarily ask you. Um, so this was definitely really cool, and really insightful. Thank you for for jumping on and doing this. And thanks for breaking the glass ceiling on the occasional list. I really appreciate it.
1: Awesome. Yeah, thank you.
0: All right. Thanks. We'll talk soon. And everyone out there, thanks for listening, downloading, and we will see you next time.